Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Salt Church Podcast. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing? It's a, it's a beautiful day here in Cory, Pennsylvania, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm from Sandusky, Ohio. That's where I live now. Cedar Point, raise your hand if you've been to Cedar Point. Nice. Yeah, we have a season passes there. Uh, my kids and, and my wife and I go there all the time, and it's, it's a wonderful place to live and a, a great place to, to raise a family, so that's where we are right now. Um, but anyways, I wanted to thank my dad, who's not here anymore, <laughs> uh, just for the opportunity to speak about healing today. You know, I think it's a, a, a subject that a lot of Christians are curious about, but a lot of Christians are hesitant about, too. And I think that's, that's probably normal. I mean, everywhere I speak, everybody I pray for, some people are... are aren't believers. Some people are. And usually believers almost have a harder time receiving healing than non-believers. And I think because we get into this certain mindset and we, we think that there's this, this process, like we've worked our way through. So that's, it's just interesting. But um, anyways, I remember when the Salt Church just started. Salt Church started in uh, our living room at my house, and there was only a couple people there. And my dad would come to me, and he would say, "Hey, could you could you lead worship?" Like, okay. So we have a piano at my house, and I would I'd play piano, and people would come over, and that was church. That was church. And then we we finally went to the community center, and the community center. My dad would ask me to load everything up, all the sound equipment, all the all the stuff. And I was a, a young, dumb high school kid who would carry everything. And he would, uh, we would load up the van, we'd drive it to the community center, unload everything, set everything up for like, I don't know, there was like 10 people. And we'd do that every Sunday, over and over again. And then shortly after that, like I, I went to school, I went to go to college, and every time I came home, the church continued to grow. And every time I came home, there were new faces. And pretty soon, it's like I would, I'd come back and I can't believe we're in this building right here. Like, look, this is, this is a testimony. Like, look at where we are. Look how, look how nice this is. Look how big this is. God must be preparing us for something huge. He must be preparing you for something huge. God doesn't do anything like by accident. So look, look around. I mean, this is, this is a blessing. I heard that last night was super powerful, and I wish, I wish I was there. We were driving in from Ohio last night, and we missed it. Um, but I think tonight's going to be super powerful too. But when the Lord is present, that's all you need. You don't, you don't need anything else. So I am excited. Let's, let's, let's pray, and then let's, let's dig into it. Lord, thank you so much for today. God, thank you so much for, for bringing us here right now. Lord, I pray that you help us understand you, God. You help us understand your words and your thoughts. 
Lord, that you are, are mighty. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts individually, one by one by one by one today. God, that you get all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John chapter 1. And if you don't have your Bibles, I'm sure you have your cell phones. John chapter 1. So before I get started, could I, could I ask a question? Um, raise your hand if you've been a Christian for less than a year. All right, how about less than five years? Okay, a couple hands. Less than 10 years. If you've been a Christian for less than 10 years, let's say 20 years, less than 20. Okay, a couple more. Less, less than 30 years. Raise your hand if you've been a Christian for less than 30 years. Looks like most of us have been a Christian for most of our lives. Less than, let's say, less than 50 years. Okay, there we go. Now I got you. All right. Uh, so that's, that's cool. That's cool. All right, John chapter 1. John chapter 1, 1 through 4. I'm just going to read this to you. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made. That was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I've, I've read that so many times in my life, and I've heard so many sermons on that particular verse. But I wanted to camp out on this just for a minute. Um, the part that says, all things were made through him, and without nothing was made that was made. Everything you see was made by God. You were made by God. I was made by God. Everything. And everything that was made by God can be influenced by God's word. Did you get that? Everything. So think about, think about Genesis chapter 1. God made light. God made land. He made, he made everything. And when God says something, it happens. So if God speaks it, it happens. It happens. It's a fact. If God says, let there be a mountain, boom, there's a mountain. If God says, let there be a sun and a moon to govern the day and the night, boom, there's a sun and a moon. If God says, I'm going to create you in my image, it happens. It happens every time. So, why, does, why is healing different? Why is healing like a, a taboo thing? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Why is healing questionable? So, let me just kind of go through a couple of things. God, God spoke and light happened. God spoke and heaven happened. He made the heavens. God spoke and vegetation happened. 
Look out the windows. See the trees. God spoke and boom, there's trees. God spoke and there were living creatures in the sea and sky. You know, those of us that have been Christians for a long time, like think about, think about Moses. Think about God speaking to Moses and he says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you out of Egypt. Don't you think that would, that would be impossible? Imagine, imagine that. You are captive by this huge, powerful army. And not only that, but now you are, you're a nobody. And you come in and, and God says, I'm going to use you to deliver my people. And it happens. If God says it, it happens. So uh, think about David. David, he was the, the runt of the family. He was the Gracie of the family. <laughs> She's back there. <laughs> he, he, was, he, had, he, was, he was ten in the sheep. He had, he had no, nothing to his own name. He was, he was a nobody. And God spoke and God anointed him to be king of a nation. What if God... What if you were anointed to be president of the United States, like just today? And take it even a step farther. What if you were anointed to be president of the United States and nobody knew it? What, would you question that? Would you go and it, would you leave that anointing experience and be like, did that really happen? Would you doubt it? But... Samuel uh, anointed David, and, and nobody, really, nobody really knew. And David carried that with him. David knew inside before the rest of the world knew outside. When God speaks, things happen. When, that's, that's the title of today. When God speaks, it happens. There's not a question. Let me, try to, let me try to convince you a little bit more. Think about, think about Jericho. When God spoke, I want you to walk around and the walls will fall. Don't you think that was crazy? Don't you think people were like, man, are you sure? Or doubting or complaining? But God spoke and it happened. So if God says, hey, I know you have a liver problem and you're going to be fine. If God spoke that to you, would you believe it? Would you be able to take that and hold on to it? God spoke. You know, I, I have, uh, let's say, arthritis. You have arthritis and you're, you're feeling pain. But God spoke by my stripes, you are healed. Well, do you believe it or not? Look at God's track record. Everything he spoke happened. And there's a few things that haven't happened yet, but are going to soon, right? Do you see the same things I'm seeing? Do you watch, you watch the news, you see what's happening in Israel, and you see what's happening around the world, and, and you know, you just feel something deep down. Something is about to change. Something is about to take place. We are still living 
in Bible times. God speaks and it happens. Look at Jesus. Jesus spoke to the storm and it calmed down. Jesus spoke to a storm. How many of us have spoke to a storm? Look at this. Now, how many storms stopped immediately? <laughs> Couple? Jesus, when Jesus spoke to the storm, I mean, imagine the wind and the waves. He says, hey, knock it off. And boom, it's done. When Jesus speaks, it happens. When Jesus spoke, he spoke to Lazarus. Lazarus is dead. He died. Lazarus had no faith. Lazarus was just sitting in a cave. And he said, Lazarus, come on out. Jesus speaks, and it happens. When we speak, we always question it. Well, if I go to the funeral home and walk in there and I say, whoever, let's say, Lazarus is laying in there. I say, Lazarus, arise. The very next thought in my mind is, is he, is he going to arise? Am I going to get arrested now? I don't know. And you start thinking about, you start questioning your own thought because we don't view ourselves like we have anything. We view ourselves as like poor, humble Christians just trying to get by. But that's not true. That's a, that was a lie. You, you all are super important. You all are super, super important to the kingdom of God. Um, you know, when I, uh, this past summer in my backyard, um, I was working with a friend and we were going to do a stamped patio. And I don't know if any of you have ever done any concrete work, but it's terrible. Um, but I, we, we cut out the form. I dug out the grass. I, I put gravel down. I tampered it down. And then the day, pouring day came. And pouring day, it was kind of like a day like this. And I'm speaking to that storm. I'm like, you're not going to rain. This is going to be fine. And I was very particular. I, whenever you pour something for concrete, you don't get to redo it. It's a one and done. Or you're jackhammering it up and you're pulling it all out. So I was very, I was very like, um, <laughs> I was very like, cautious. I wanted to do everything right. And I wanted to make sure everything was perfect. And then we poured and my, my friend, his name's Marcus. He, uh, does stamped concrete for a living and he stamped it and colored it. And it, it looks really nice. But I, in my mind, I knew that this, this thing was going to last a long time. I wanted to take my time. It was important to me. So we, we set the stamps, and we were getting it all right. And then he colored it, and that's pretty neat to watch. And then um, we waited some time. He would come back. We would, uh, he, he sprayed it with, like, some sealant. 
Uh, he cut lines in it. I mean, we were particular because I, it was going to last longer than me. It's going to last forever. You know, when God made you, He made you to be eternal. He made you forever. You are forever going to live in heaven or forever going to live in hell. You are forever. So, if I took so much time on a little patio that's, I don't know, I can't even describe the size, this big. <laughs> if I took that much time on that little patio, how much time do you think God spent on you? How much time do you think He spent choosing your hair color, choosing your eye color, figuring out how tall you would be? You know, God spent time on you because you are eternal. You are worth something. So I would imagine after, after He made you and me, He wanted us to, to, serve the, to serve our purpose. He wanted us to be to last. He, like I want to enjoy my concrete patio, He wants to enjoy us. So we were created to be eternal, and then sin came into the world, and sin destroyed everything. And, I mean, Jesus came back and took it all back. And there are some verses in the Bible that say that He took our physical ailments as part of that. He took it, He took it, He purchased our healing so that, so that we could live life more abundantly, so that we could have a future and a hope, so that we could enjoy life. He wants us to be, He, he created us to, to be in fellowship with Him. So the enemy tries to kill and steal and destroy that plan. The enemy tries to, to mess it all up. If I was the devil and I had the ability to inflict pain and sickness on people, or if you were the devil, would you inflict pain and sickness only on Christians or only on non-believers or on everyone? Well, if I, if I inflicted it only on Christians, I would know that there is only a matter of time before Christians know how to stand up against that. And eventually, there would be no, there would be no, uh, no victory in that. And if I only inflict it on non-Christians, talk about an evangelistic tool. That wouldn't work. Then everybody would be like, sign me up, free health care, become a Christian. No. Um, but he inflicts everyone because he's terrible, because he, he is everything opposite of God. His, his native language is lying. He, he doesn't want you to enjoy your life. He doesn't want you to enjoy the moment. He wants you to suffer. And then he, when you're suffering, he wants to blame you for your own suffering or have you blame God for your own suffering. So when you're suffering and in pain and now life's horrible, 
and you're blaming God for it, He's got the victory on you. He's got that. So, our weapon, our weapon against Him is something called the sword of the Spirit. It's something called the Word of God. It's something that we have access to as believers. Our, we have access to. You know, Jesus, He didn't only speak to the dead and raise them. He spoke to the blind. Jesus spoke to the mute. He spoke to the deaf. He spoke to the lame. He spoke to the paralyzed. He spoke to the kids. He spoke to, the, to older people. He spoke and things happened. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, what happened? It died. And how did it die? From the roots up. When Jesus cursed that fig tree, everybody else could have said, well, where's the power in that? But the next day, from the roots up, it died. When Jesus spoke, it, things happened. Think about the end of the world. Think about in, in Revelation when all the kings of the earth gather together. How does, how does Jesus destroy them? A sword comes out of his mouth and devours them. And the birds of the air feast on the kings of the earth. God's word is powerful. God's word, when God says something, there's no question, there's no maybe, it's a fact. On the other hand, you've got this ultimate deceiver who lies. So he's going to try to cloud our vision. He's going to try to cloud us from truly seeing what God wants us to see. God's word is power, and God's word is trustworthy. God's word is factual. So, church, what is Jesus speaking to you right now? What is Jesus speaking to your heart? Because when God speaks, it happens. When God speaks, it happens. Lord, have your way. Father God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are, you are actively speaking to us, that you are alive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your word is stronger than anything the enemy can throw at us. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, and go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 8 for me. Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 5. Okay. All right. Matthew 8, starting in verse 5. Okay. It says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, 
I will come and heal him. Pause. That is Jesus' first response. That was, it wasn't anything else. It wasn't, hold on. It wasn't, no. It was, yes, sure, I will come and heal him. Let's keep reading. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Wow. Jesus spoke it. So what, what caused that healing to take place? Was it God's, was it when Jesus spoke it, or was it the faith of the centurion? Or was it both? It was both. Jesus spoke it. The centurion believed it. The centurion knows. He knows this. You know, there's, there's a couple of different times in the Bible where Jesus, uh, Jesus has all authority. Jesus, he, and he gave that authority to, to you and I. Not so that we could be proud, and, and, but so that we could be equipped for this, for this life. You know, in, in Matthew chapter 10 or Luke chapter 9, Jesus called his 12 disciples to them, and he gave them power and authority over all kinds of sickness and over all kinds of disease. And if you, look at, if you look at the Gospels, at the end of two out of the four Gospels, Jesus says, now all power and authority has been given to me. Now go and make disciples. And if anybody is sick, place your hands on them and they shall recover. Sickness in the Bible was never a question. Every, t- every single time throughout the whole Word of God, this is, this is, this is, um, it's not like sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. It has happened every single time. Jesus went in three different circumstances and he healed every single person. In 47 other circumstances, Jesus healed one or two people. There is no place in the Bible where Jesus didn't heal someone. There is no place. Well, it must be easy. He is the son of God. He is Jesus. Well, of course, Jesus had a 100% track record. Well, guys, we carry him with us. He lives here. He lives in you and me. And one of the things he says to us is, all power and authority has been given to me. Now here, use it. Now here, go. You know, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher in Sandusky. And when I say something to a group of students... I don't have to question it. I have the authority. In, in my classroom, I, I am the authority. If I say to this student, I want you to sit over there, they sit over there. If I say, if a student raises her hand and asks to use the restroom, I can say yes or no. I have the authority. If I say, hey, I got to step out. So could you be in charge just for one moment and make sure everybody's in their seat? And if I say that to a student, what do you think happens? Oh, man. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll be in charge. And they step up in front of the class. And they're like, they, they got it. They, they have the power and authority 
because I gave it to them. But the nice thing about God is he doesn't step out of the classroom. He gives you that power and authority and then is saying, hey, I'm right here with you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So back, back to healing. So what happens, Randy, if I pray for someone and, I don't, and they don't get healed? What happens, Randy, if I pray for myself and I don't get healed? What do you mean? What do you, what, that question doesn't make sense to me anymore. That doesn't make sense to me. If Jesus spoke it, it's factual. If Jesus said it, it's done. Well, what if my healing comes once I die? You are eternal, church. You, you, you are there. So, you know, Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6, I mean, surely he has carried our sorrows, bore our griefs. He's, he is the one that carried all this stuff. And by his stripes, we are healed. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. A lot of people know James 5. Is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him anoint with oil. Let them pray, and they shall recover. You know, there's, it's, it's not, you, you, know, you know how much training the disciples had before Jesus sent them out? There wasn't any certificate. There wasn't any Bible school. There wasn't any series of sermons you have to get through before you're qualified. Jesus spoke, and they trusted, and that's it. So what if I tell you all right now, because you're here, because you chose to be here on a Saturday afternoon, you are now chosen and qualified to heal the sick. What would you do first? Who would you pray for first? Where would you go first? Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's a parent, a spouse. Maybe it's a neighbor you just can't wait to go back to. When God turns you on to, on to what he truly meant for healing, I mean, the possibilities. I mean, you just start constantly thinking about this. You know, you're walking down the street. Somebody coughs. Lord, I know I have you with me, they could be well right now. You know? You have that power and authority running through you. But here's the trick. Ready for the trick? When Jesus went to his hometown, it says in Mark 6, 5, now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. There, there, our faith, our faith is the vehicle God chooses to use to carry, to carry healing. So if you, if you have faith, faith without works is dead. You've got to, you've got to put the money 
where the mouth is. You've got to take, you've got to put some stake in the game. You've got you to declare health over what you're praying for. You've got to rely and trust on his word regardless of the outcome. Regardless if it happens immediately or within the hour. And you've got to be okay that if you don't see it happen right in that moment, that that doesn't that doesn't matter if jesus spoke it it happened if jesus said it it's good as gold it's 100% so you speak in faith sometimes you anoint with oil my dad gave me some of his there's nothing special to it it just resembles this is supposed to it's like the holy spirit it's supposed to just signify the holy spirit And then you pray, and then you trust, and then you rest. You truly rest. There was this one person I was praying for. um, He was a friend of mine. He he was suffering from uh, plantar fasciitis. Do you guys know what that is? I didn't, but it was real bad. And he he was struggling walking. And he said he just bought these $200 pair of shoes this specifically for this. And he was, he was in pain. And he wanted to talk to me about some of the struggles that he was having in his marriage. And I said, I, I just, Adam, I'd like to pray for you. And he sa- I said, is there anything you need healing in? He goes, well, you know, my heel's been bothering me. I'm like, well... And he talked about the pain. And he works on his feet. So um, I had him take off his, his shoes, his $200 expensive special shoes. And he was sitting down and I asked him to put his feet, um, put his feet on the ground and he had instant pain. And then I said, do you mind if I touch your foot? And he said, no, I don't mind. I said, did you wash your foot today? He goes... Yeah, I touch his foot. I just pray. I just pray and believe. I just say, you know, Lord, in Jesus' name, I know your word says that by your stripes we are healed. And I know, God, that you told us to heal the sick. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, heal, you be restored. Pain, you go away. I don't know all the technical terms. I don't know all that. Pain, go away. We're in church he, amen, he stands up, he starts swearing. <laughs> he's swearing in church. And all these other people are, are around, and they're looking at him like he's crazy. And he starts walking around, jumping on it, totally fine, totally healed. And he was so excited, and then he got mad because he was like, I bought these shoes like a, a week ago. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's funny. You know, that's, that's funny. I, and that was instantaneous, and he's, he's still fine. There's no pain. You know, hallelujah. There's another guy. There's another guy. When I first started, when God started opening up this to me, like the doors opened. Like all of a sudden, I was thinking of every opportunity. Oh, you're sick? Let's pray. You know, we were walking. So there's at one point, we were looking at buying a bed. So we were in the store. 
And we're looking, and there was this, you know how there's people, there's salespeople that come up and try to sell you things. This one lady comes up, and she's talking about which bed to buy, and we got to talking about healing. And she said, well, you know what? My husband has lung cancer, and I'd really love for you to pray for him. I said, sure, I'd love to pray for him. Can I come over tonight? Sure. So I go over to uh, his name. His name's Tom. I go over to Tom's house, and Tom is sitting in a chair, and he can barely breathe. His, his legs are so swollen, he can't walk. There's, there's stuff all over this condo. I mean, it smells disgusting. Like, hey, Tom. You know, it turns out he ran sound for his church for years. And then he got to the point where he couldn't go to church anymore. And then he's just at home, slowly dying. So I went through the scriptures with Tom, and I put my hand on Tom's chest. Amen. He didn't jump up. He didn't miraculously. (gasps) Nothing. Okay, I left. Well, week goes by, you know, call up Tom. Hey, Tom, how you feeling? Horrible. Terrible. Okay. I went over to his condo again and prayed again. You know, pray again. Well, next week, how you feeling? Well, my nurse came in today, and for the first time, they heard air movement on my left lung, and they haven't been able to hear air movement in a long time. Awesome. Praise God. You know, week goes by. Tom, how you feeling? Well, I'm starting to be able to move a little bit more. I'm feeling pretty awesome. Good. Praise God. And once you start feeling better, it's easy to believe. It's easy to go, okay, now I've got my healing because now I can see it. But that's not faith. You got to know inside, you got to believe inside that it happened. That, Lord, you spoke this. I trust you. My whole being, my whole existence is in your hands. I'm, I'm, I am at the mercy of you, Lord. And week by week by week by week, he got better and better and better. And the doctors and the nurses were blown away by that. He started driving again. He, had, he wasn't able to drive. He started coming to our church. He started, like, he was walking fine, doing wonderful. And then he died. Explain that. So my thinking is, well, why, Lord? What happened? And Lord continue just reminds me, By my stripes, by the stripes I took, you were healed. Trust me. So I went to his funeral, talked to his wife. She was so thankful that the last six months of his life were awesome. That he could drive and do things, and he was so She was so thankful for that. And I'm thinking, buddy died. (laughs) Great. (laughs) 
as someone who believes in healing and is purposely going about praying for people, man, it sucks when people die. But if I let Tom's death stop me, if I let Tom's death say, if I let that enemy plant in my mind, well, it didn't work for Tom, so it's not going to work. If I let that happen, guys, that's what kills faith. And every single one of us have stories like that. Every single one of us have people we've prayed for that didn't get better. Every single one of us have, have people that died. Or we've prayed for ourselves and it didn't happen. But what, I'm, what I prayed for about today and what I was thinking about, about today, the, the, the message that the Lord showed me today, is that it happened. That when I speak, it happens. So, think, get, get our eyes, Lord, help us get our eyes off of this and onto you. Help us get our eyes off of, off of the pain some of us are experiencing and onto you. And when you do that, that's, that's, when you're in God's presence, everything melts away anyways. Everything does. You know, there are some Christians I pray for. Man, I've been praying for this headache for so long. And you pray one time and... <laughs> I'm like, it's not like that. Like, I've spent, I've spent hours and days and days just sitting in this. Same with the Lord. Same with you. Like God has equipped us. So it's, it, is, it is neat. Let's, let's pray again. Lord, have your way today. God, thank you that your word says that we are healed. God, thank you that you took time making us, Lord. That you knit us together in our mother's womb, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that um, our faith won't be in what we feel, but what will, but it will be in you, Lord. That you are the the author of life, the perfecter of life. It doesn't matter if it looks impossible, God. You, you said it, so we're good. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so for those of us that uh, want healing in our own bodies, what I want you to do is I want you to place your hand where you want healing. And I want you to, I want you to start thanking God for what He is doing in your body. I want you to start thanking God for dying on the cross. I want you to start thanking God for bearing those stripes. I want you to start speaking life into your body. And I want you to start declaring his word. By your stripes, Lord, I am healed. And in the name of Jesus, move. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I choose to praise you on this side of eternity.
Thank you, Jesus. I choose to glorify you in spirit and in truth with my whole body, with my whole mind. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Now, once your hand is on the place that's hurting, I want you to, to speak to what it, it, it is. So like if, you're, if it's your lung, I want you to say, lung, in the name of Jesus, life come back to you. Because words have power, church. So go ahead, put your hand on that where it's hurting, and I want you to speak life to that thing. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, God. And then I want you to, to test it some way. Maybe, I mean, if it's a pain in the neck, see if you have a little bit more movement. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Speak life. Speak life to it. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, anything that's not of you, God, that's in my body, I declare you out in Jesus' name. You don't have any right or any authority to stick around. And in Jesus' name, I say I am healed. In Jesus' name, I say I am well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All glory to you, God. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. So Thank you, God. So Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, you spoke and the storm stopped. Yes, Lord. God, you spoke and the dead raised. God, you spoke and the demons flee. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's your presence, God. Now, if you, if you knew you had power and authority flowing through you, if you knew that you were now chosen and qualified to heal the sick, what would you do first? Where would you go first? In church, I'm going to challenge you to do that. I'm going to challenge you to take the step. Don't wait. You have the Lord with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now go ahead and just keep this atmosphere of reverence for the Lord here. And raise your hand if you feel a difference in your body.
Okay, I'm seeing about five hands. Put those hands down. Six hands. There's something about praise. There's something about worship. There's something that takes our mind and eyes off of the pain and places them on God. So in the middle of this, in the middle of the questions, in the middle of the accusations from the enemy, in the middle of the doubts, in the middle of the fear, in the middle of the battle, you say, Lord, and thank you, God. Lord, I praise you, Lord. Thank you, God, that your word is higher than mine. Thank you, Lord, that it was your word that light was established, that the earth was established. Thank you, Lord, that it was at your word that the dead raised. At your word, God, your word holds all things together. Your word, Lord, your word is power, God. You are trustworthy. You are faithful. You never let me down. You always come through. Thank you, Lord. It's at your word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you are not a a God that doesn't care, but you are a God that comes down, that you are a God that dwells with us. Lord, that you make your home in me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit, God. Thank you that we are not alone. Thank you that we are eternal. Thank you, God. And church, just keep praising him. Keep telling your body. Remind your body that your body is subject to God's word. That your body is, has nothing on God's word. And God's word is higher than your pain. God's word is stronger than your pain. Whatever was spoken over you, hmm, all of that, all of that family history, the history of diabetes, the history of, of dementia, the history, all of that stuff, that's just the enemy trying to latch on to you and trying to say, oh, this is going to, or the history of heart problems, cancer history, that all of that stuff, that's just the enemy saying, hey, I got you, I got you, no. You don't got me, enemy. In Jesus' name, the Lord has got me. Thank you, God. And in Jesus' name, I shall not die but live. Thank you, God, that you sent your word and it healed me. Psalm 107. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whether I see this manifest now or not, Lord, I trust you. And Lord, whether I see this manifest or not now, Lord, I know that your word is for me. I know that you are not against me. And I know I can rest in what you did. And I am eternal. And I am going to live with you forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now go ahead and keep testing. I see a lot of people praying over their their necks and shoulders, ears, eyes. Go ahead. Go ahead and test it. Faith without works is dead. You ask for healing, then expect healing. You ask for, for the Lord to move, then expect the Lord to move. He is for you. He's not against you. He's, he's on your side. He's not opposing you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If, it, if you have a doubt, if you have a question that keeps coming back to your mind, then bring it to God. Lord, that person I prayed for that died, answer that for me, Lord. Answer that for me. God, why? Lord, I want your voice. I can't live without it. Your word is higher. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. All glory to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And day by day, moment by moment, I am not going to let my feeling dictate what actually is happening. Lord, you, you are the one. You are the one that holds me together. Thank you, Lord. You hold me together moment by moment. In Jesus' name, I say healing. There, there, is, no, there is no blocking that can happen from the enemy that, that can't be stopped by your word, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You, greater are you that's in, in me than he that's in the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for counting me worthy of the cross, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, it's easy to know that we need you, God, but you, you, Lord, hold us together. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I choose to praise you now, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1.3, who being the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You were made for a purpose. You were made to glorify God. Elbow, you were made for a purpose. You were made to glorify God. And in Jesus' name, elbow, I say you are well. That you will function the way you were created to function. That there is no pain. That there is no uh, deterioration of anything. But in Jesus' name, I am well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that Moses climbed a mountain and still had strength and sight at 120 years old. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I choose to trust you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Your word is power. Your word is life. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. I'm going to ask again. I saw about five or six hands. Go ahead and raise your hand if you see or feel a difference in your body. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I counted eleven. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. You know, when the Lord started showing me these things, I mean, you, you just put it into practice. And I started seeing more and more healings. And then I started writing them down. And my dad was like, man, you should write these down. I'm like, I'd started to. But the more you, the more you pray for, the more you will see. And the more you, if you seek me, you will find me. The more you continue to press in, the more God will reveal. There's not like a limit. There's not like a, a cap. So this power and authority, this healing that maybe you've experienced today, that it manifested, I, I challenge you to take that. We, we like, like Jesus, challenged us to go make disciples. I challenge you to now go. Don't wait for my dad to pray. Don't wait for me to come to town. Don't wait for the stars to align and there to be the perfect, perfect moment for you to go pray. No, go pray. You don't have anything? Great. Jesus made mud, rubbed it on the eyes. Well, what if I pray and it doesn't happen? What if God tells you to pray and you don't? What if God says to do this and you ignore the voice of God? Do it, church. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray one more time. And if you would uh, like someone to stand in agreement with you, I'd love to do that. If you have questions, I'd love to talk about them. I don't say that I have all the answers, but I, I'd like to discuss it with you. But... Thank you, Dad, for allowing me to, to be here today. And thank you for this conference. And hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I'm, I'm excited. Eleven hands went up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so tonight, 630. And if you are still waiting for your healing to manifest, I would not check the box. No, it didn't work. Don't let the enemy do that to you. Remind your body, remind yourself of what God's Word says. So let's pray and uh, continue. Lord, thank you for today. God, thank you for, for bringing us here today. Lord, thank you for your Word. Thank you, God, that it's not on us to hold our bodies together, but it's on you. Thank you, Lord, that even when we fall short, even when we do dumb things that hurt our bodies, you still paid for the healing. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray that you continue to uh, light a fire in our hearts for more of you and more of your word and more of your presence, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, there's just one scripture that just kept coming to my mind over and over and over again. It's from Isaiah 45. It's a controversial scripture, and sometimes uh, if you don't explain it, it could be uh, one that can cause different denominations. But uh, it says, um, thus says the Holy One of Israel and his maker, which right, in the, right from the get-go, that's controversial. It's like the Holy One of Israel and his maker. Does that mean Jesus was created? 
who makes the Holy One? Anyway, I just think it's a poetic way of saying both the God the Father and God the Son are in agreement with this passage. It says, Thus says the Holy One of Israel and his Maker, Ask me things to come concerning my sons, and concerning the work of my hands, you command me. That's super controversial. The only way I know how to explain it, because somebody explained it to me this way, was like, God's the power, he's the source, and you control the light switch. You can go and turn the switch on, or, or you could leave it off. And so when we're talking about, like, take the word and bring it alive in your heart so that the faith can manifest it in you, it's, it's not like about doing any sort of mental gymnastics or learning Greek or Hebrew or anything like that. It's about taking the word and letting it do its work on the inside. Command the work of the, the hands of the Lord. You command me, it says, which means, okay, Lord, it's your power, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come into an agreement with your word, and I'm going to have it manifest in me and in those that I pray for and those that are around me. It's not, uh, it doesn't take a degree in Hebrew. It takes a degree in obedience. Just say, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this thing. There, you know, Todd White is one of those guys that everybody talks about, you know, and he, he, you know, he seems to pray for people and people get healed all the time. The, it was approximately the first 1,000 people that he prayed for did not get healed. And then things broke and started happening. I don't think it takes 1,000 people. What I think it does is I think it takes um, enough, of a, enough experiences to get yourself out of the way and to get yourself out of the picture. So God will tell you, go pray for that person, and you're, and you're kind of nervous, and you're kind of like... There's a little bit of anxiety that takes place. That's pride. And so there, no wonder it's not going to work because you're still thinking that you have a part in this thing. Once you get beyond the concept that you have a part in it, then it's like you've pulled yourself out of the way and then God can move. For Todd White, that took a thousand failures. Before it's like, oh, geez, I don't know. What's one more failure? I guess I'll do it. Next thing you know, he doesn't even care if he fails. Boom. His pride went out the back door, left room for God's anointing to come in, and then things just started to manifest and started to happen. One of the things Bill Vanderbush said last night, which I thought was kind of cool, is says, God is um, super desirous, and I forget how he worded it. He's so much better than me at that wordsmith stuff. But he's so involved and desiring in that he's encouraged. How did he word that? He desires for your ego to be killed. What was it? What she said. Down with the ego. Right? Is that what she said? Oh, I wish I was as smart and prideful as you to be able to remember. No, I'm just kidding. So anyway, come back tonight, 630 worship service. If you want prayer now, come on up. Or if you uh, want to go and then come back later during worship. We'll pray for you tonight. So be blessed. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of the Salt Church Podcast. We're grateful you spent this time with us, and we hope the message today has moved you. Please be sure to join us again next week for another episode of the Salt Church Podcast. God bless, and we'll see you next time.